Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Money. Nothing personal. Word of the day is money. Not as in cash, though. Not as in salary. Not as in payroll. As in Eddie money. As in, I want to go back. I want to go back, back. Do it all over, but I can't go back. I know. Why is that in my head? Because I bet there's a lot of people who want to go back to the days of labor peace in Major League Baseball. When everyone was playing together so nicely in the sandbox, players would play, the grass would grow, owners would own, fans would watch. Ah, the good old days. Where are we today on Monday, June 15th? How was your weekend? Did you like the dueling statements? It's not enough that players and owners are leaking and that there's a new tweet every five minutes. Sources say no proposals coming. My source says a counter proposal will be coming any day now. Poor Matthew Coca. We're trying to get a weekend in, take a couple days. Coca's texting me up and down, left and right. Get ready for the bonus pod. There's going to be some sort of implementation by the owners. Something's going to happen. Everyone, this is the moment. It's it. I said, keep calm, Matthew. Keep calm. Nothing's going to happen before Monday. Owners don't like working on weekends. (laughs) I'm only half kidding. There's no way they were going to do anything on a weekend. Then we found out, okay, there's a conference call coming today between Rob Manford and the owners. Why is this conference call happening? Because over the weekend... There was a proposal on Friday that we talked about. I think it was on the show. I can't even remember. As you know, I can't remember anything. A proposal by MLB, the latest proposal, saying let's play 76 games for 70% of your salary. If we have playoffs, we'll give you 80%. The players said, LOL, (laughs) dead on arrival, not going to happen. And you've got till Sunday to respond, baseball said. Well, the union this weekend on Saturday, because maybe they do work weekends. Everybody's working for the weekend. I cannot believe that Loverboy is in my mind. I literally cannot. But it is. The statement by Tony Clark went viral. It started with players want to play. It's who we are and what we do. And it ended with... It's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where. And it was fodder for Twitterverse and social media and fans. Everybody said, way to go, Tony. Tell us when and where. That'll be the anthem of Major League Baseball amidst the coronavirus pandemic. I got a little tiny secret 
for all the people listening. And by the way, as always, I appreciate your loyalty. Nothing personal. We keep going. Thank you. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for subscribing. Find your way to the page. We're now within 7 to 14 days of a new URL. Coca never even told me what day that's going to come. I bet you that's because Coca doesn't know because Coca has to make four phone calls, which then has to go through three layers of permission that then will have an email, a conference call, some sort of waiver will have to be signed, maybe some sort of acknowledgement legal document. Then we will have a nothing personal URL on YouTube. In the meantime, if you're listening to this, you're not watching my face, but you're listening and subscribing and you're telling your friends and I'm appreciative. But here's a little nugget for all of you people thinking that Tony Clark said something epic. Tell us when and where. Do you know that every single year we tell the players when and where? That's our job as executives. You get a memo in the off season. Dear Mr. Ozuna, please find attached your schedule for spring training. You shall report no later than February 14th. Your physical will commence at 8 a.m. The first workout will be at noon. The traveling secretary will be in touch with you about your travel arrangements because you've negotiated to get first-class travel to and from spring training to the season and then when the season ends. By the way, the schedule for the season is attached herein there too. Of course, you may have gotten the magnetic schedule, which we did a giveaway at the end of last season. But if you're new to the Marlins, we've attached it anyway. But of course, if you go on the Google, you can find it. That's it. We always tell you when and where. Do you know why? Because they're employees. This is not me being pro-management. This is not me being pro-player. This is me telling you the way it works in business. Let me break it down in a maybe slightly more clear and condensed way. How do you know what time to go to work? Just curious. In your job, do you just go when you feel like it? You know what? It's 930. I'm on my way. Yeah, today's Wednesday. No, to me, it's Saturday. Not working today. You know, I see the schedule you gave for me this for the next seven days working in the restaurant where I work, but uh, eh, I don't like that schedule. I'd like a different schedule. No, we all have schedules. Every day, my schedule is to do nothing personal with you or CBS Sports HQ or a radio hit or a TV hit. You get the schedule. You're going to be live at 11.45 a.m. No, thank you very much. I prefer 12.20 to 12.23 in that range. Just stay with me live, and I'll let you know when I'm ready. I'll click on the microphone. Tell us when and where. Okay. Okay, we will tell you when and where. But MLB said, all right, I guess we got to do a statement. And they were despondent because they had to work on the weekend. And they came up with a statement that was quite long. And they did something that I don't like. For all of you who say I don't call out baseball, well, I do, and I am. The paragraph 
an MLB statement that says the MLBPA, that's the Major League Baseball Players Association, the MLBPA's position that players are entitled to virtually all the revenue from a 2020 season played without fans is not fair to the thousands of other baseball employees that clubs and our office are supporting financially during this very difficult 2020 season. Stop it. Stop it. Stop pulling at the heartstrings by saying that you're paying Meyer Leaguers $400 or you've got a million dollar pool where you're paying seasonal employees or ushers or ticket takers. You are being a business owner. You are doing the right thing during this time. There's plenty of business owners who have had to furlough employees. There's plenty of business owners who are trying their best to keep as many as they can, the payroll protection plan from the government, or just digging into their pockets. There's no obligation by any employers to do it. Some can do it, some can't. Some will do it, some won't. That's life. But in a statement to the press that comes on the heels of weeks and weeks of vitriol and back and forth spewing of anger, lack of cooperation, Don't call out the fact that the players are not being fair to the thousands of other baseball employees. The players should not feel in any way responsible for the man or woman who flips hot dogs at the concession stand on the main level of the ballpark. The owners should not ask the players to take responsibility for all of the restaurateurs around Wrigley Field who have been quiet and lost their jobs without home games. Not appropriate. My thought is this. If owners are going to tell the players that they have the right, which the players already acknowledge, to set a schedule, to set a number of games, to pay the players their prorated salary, when you know you've got the right, you don't need to say it. It's like when you're playing poker, or if you're in a trivia game and you know that you have the winning hand or you know you have the right answer or you know when you're arguing with your significant other or with your sibling or with your friend and you have a piece of information that you know that they don't or you know you think they know, but it doesn't matter whether they know because you know that they should know, you don't have to tell them that you know. It's way more powerful to just know it. So baseball says we will evaluate the union's refusal to adhere to the terms of the March agreement and after consulting with ownership, determine the best course to bring baseball back to our fans. Here's what MLB statement should have said. Hard stop. We're sorry that you don't want to negotiate. We're happy to keep trying until Monday, but after Monday, we will have to send you the schedule because we got to get going because we have to be finished by September 27th. Period. Thank you. That's not a statement. It's not a letter. It's not an angry letter back and forth. So why are these statements happening back and forth? Why are the letters that you've read about between Dan Helm, the deputy commissioner, and Bruce Mayer, the chief union negotiator, angry letters, sarcastic with parentheses, mudslinging, because they're setting up a legal record in case of a grievance. They're papering the file. 
Your employers do it no matter where you work, I promise. The HR department requires them to paper the file. Every time you get yelled at for being late or every time that you come and you report an issue, whether it's harassment, discrimination, or whether it's poor working conditions, or whether you're upset with your end of year evaluation because you didn't get the raise you wanted, believe me, it's in your file. We're not talking Hoover. We're not talking FBI. It's not like we're spying on you. We have files because we need to be covered in case once you leave the job, you come back and sue us for money. Major League Baseball has to paper the file just in case the players file a grievance saying you did not negotiate in good faith and use best efforts to play as many games as possible. And then the Major League Baseball commissioner's office and the owners will say in the grievance, you, Mr. Player, did not negotiate in good faith or use best efforts to accept the reality that is our economic situation, to which the players then reply, economic situation? Economic situation? We didn't see any documents. We asked you for documents. You said, nah, we don't want to show them. And when you did show them, they were redacted. Of course, they were redacted. You don't get to see that. You never get to see it. So all these statements, all these letters, just know it's not for us as fans. It really is for the legal record in case there's a grievance. So today, the Major League Baseball Commissioner, Robert Manford Jr., Dan Helm, the Deputy Commissioner, all members of the Labor Department, Morgan Sword, Patrick Houlihan, the whole group, all hardworking individuals, We'll sit with 30 owners on a Zoom. I wonder if they do Zoom. I can't imagine all the owners know how to do Zoom, but you'd be surprised people who know how to do Zoom. Joe Torrey, on a side note, he can do a Zoom. They get on the phone. The commissioner says, all right, thoughts? The owner said, Rob, what are your thoughts? This is how the call actually goes. Rob says, well, There's nothing we can do to negotiate with the players. They will not accept anything below 100% pro rata. We have the right to set the number of games, but we have to play pro rata. Here's the spreadsheet. If we have 54 games, here's the total amount of compensation. But keep in mind, if we impose a schedule, then not only do we have to play, but there will be no expanded playoffs, and we will not be able to sell an extra round of playoffs. And only 20? 10 of you, only 10 of you on this call will be playing October baseball. If we can do expand the playoffs, there may be as many as 16 of you on this call. All of a sudden, the owners are texting on the side. They're not doing the chat in the Zoom room because those chats, as you know, if you're chatting in your Zoom meeting and you do a private chat, just know the host of your chat can see everything that you are privately chatting. So in any Zoom meeting, when you have a chance to chat and you sort of specify which person, just word to the wise, the host can see all. So there's some chatting going on, maybe some texting where one owner says, hey, I don't think we should play at all. Artie, I don't think we should play. Hey, Stu, do you want to play? Hey, Bruce, what about you? Do you really want to play? Fred, you're trying to sell a team. You really want to play? I don't know. Should we play? Ken, what about you? Now we got the Diamondbacks. We got the Angels. We got the Marlins. We got the Rays. Maybe the Indians, the Royals. Hmm. The Mets? Are there eight of you? Hello? 
Gentlemen, this is Rob. Are there really eight of you saying that you may not want to play? Because if that's the case, this call's over and I got to work on each of you because if you vote against what I'm telling you to vote for, we can't even implement a schedule. You're not giving me the right. I need 75% of you. I need 23 of you to tell me what to do. That's what's happening. We're going to get more later and it's going to be fun. It'll be a lot more and nothing personal. Don't you worry. Guess what it's time for? Hello? 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 Yes, this is Kyrie. Are you there? Yes. Okay. This meeting is now called to order. You know this is Kyrie Irving. This call, thank you for being on it. We are calling to talk about the very important issue. Dwight, are you there? Dwight, I'm going to need you. Okay. This call is very important as we talk about the return of the NBA. You guys all understand, of course, that I'm taking the lead, and I recognize the irony of that fact, given that I can't play either way. I'm out for the year. But, hey, Kyrie, did you sign a big deal before this season? Or was it a one-year deal with the Nets or a max deal? I can't remember. Hey, Kevin, are you on? You're not playing either, right? Because you're hurt. But you signed. Are you, you're with the Nets with the max deal too, right? What, what, what place are the Nets in? Hey, this is Kyrie. I don't even know our record. doesn't even matter. I just want to bring everyone's attention to the reality that LeBron James, my friend, wants all of us to go back and play. Sorry. LeBron James, my erstwhile friend, that's three erstwhiles and six shows for those scoring at home, or even if you're alone. Thank you, Keith. LeBron James says we got to go back. We got to play. I'm not sure it's responsible. Did you read some of these rules about going to Orlando, about the bubble? What about everything that's going on? Let's be serious for a minute gentlemen, and let's talk about what's happening in the world. Dwight, hit, hit play on that tweet right now. Send it. I, that, that statement you wrote, beautiful statement, Dwight. Do you want to tell everybody what that is? Dwight, you've got one minute, and then I want to talk again. Thank you, Kyrie. Okay, um, yeah, I said a statement which got totally misinterpreted, and now I'm sending a follow-up, but I'm going to have my agent do the follow-up. My initial statement is that we really should not be using basketball as a distraction. There is so many more important things going on in the world that this is a time to be with family. Kyrie, can I get 20 more seconds? Uh, Kyrie, this is Patrick Beverly. I'm going to cede my two minutes to Dwight. Thank you, Kyrie. It's Dwight. Let me continue. What I meant to say was, it's not that I'm not going to play because I got a call from LeBron and we had to do another statement saying that the Lakers are fully together. That we're all ready to play. And as a Laker, I mean, I haven't gotten a ring, but I said I'd rather not get a ring. I'd rather have time with my family to talk about what's happening and to effectuate change and to take advantage of this opportunity Um, Dwight, this is Kyrie again. I, I just want to be clear my position. I agree with what you're saying. However, my point is 
that if we could all get together, we have a chance to have LeBron not be the man in charge. That's really what I wanted to say. But, but Kyrie, that's not right. This is a very serious time in our life. This is the most critical moment of our lifetime. What are we thinking about basketball? Um, hi, um, my name is Luca, and I'm just calling in to say that I've got a first fly to the United States, and I know that there's an exception that I can get there, but I'm having a hard time. But I do want to come, but I just want to say I've been playing basketball through hard times in my country, civil war and civil unrest. And by the way, there's been a ton of times during our careers where there have been major, major events that have taken place, racial-related, economic-related, health-related, safety-related, security-related. Explain to me, where are we here in the pantheon of seriousness? I'm misunderstanding, Kyrie. Is what you're saying that this is the single most important time and the best thing we can do to help Black Lives Matter is not to play? Can I say Black Lives Matter when I'm white? Yes, you can. This is David Sampson. I'll say it. Black Lives Matter. This is an unbelievably important time. We've said it on nothing personal. This is a critical time where it's possible that the world is changing right now. But does that mean that you don't go to work? Does that mean that if you do go to work, it means that you're not appreciating the seriousness of the time we're in? Does it mean that if you go to work that you're not supportive of stopping all murdering of black people? Does it mean if you go to work that you are in favor of police brutality? No. It means you go to work. Players are going back and forth on this call. Patrick Beverly summed it up the best. Kyrie Irving is despondent beyond repair because he knows he cannot get to LeBron James. LeBron James holds the power. Patrick Beverly, the Clippers, tweeted out, Hoopers say what y'all want. If King James said he hooping, we all hooping. Not personal. Only business. Hashtag stay woke. Did you know that Patrick Beverly is a subscriber to the Nothing Personal YouTube channel? Did you know that Patrick Beverly listens to Nothing Personal with David Sampson? I don't. I find out where you live and I get like a breakdown from CBS. Do you know that you have the highest number of Canadian people listening to your podcast than any other country other than the United States? Yes, I do know that. Thank you. Patrick Beverly says, it's not personal. It's only business. What a perfect way to respond to Kyrie Irving and to Dwight Howard and to anyone who doesn't want to come back to work and come play. Every one of us has a job to do both during the week and on weekends, both from nine to five and from five to nine. We have a job as an employee or an employer, and we have a job as a person, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, a father, a brother, a sister, a husband, a wife, a significant other, a partner. Everyone's got multiple jobs. If we had to stop doing every other job but one job when we were focused on something incredibly serious and life-threatening and life-affirming, and we focused solely on only one of our jobs versus 20 of our jobs, Uh, I'm not sure that would go too well. Uh, 
I don't want to hear it. I am not your brother today. I got stuff going on at work. Everybody's paranoid now. Everybody. I can't tell. Coca, do you, do you ever think about this? Is it that we are paranoid because of social media? Is it that we are more paranoid because we know more than we ever did? That it's not just one newspaper at your front door that's thrown, that gets wet from the sprinkler, that the paper boy probably is throwing to you while he's completely stoned and misses, and you have to go to your next door neighbor to get the paper? And then you take it out of the bag that's wet, and then the paper's wet, you throw it away, you get ink on your hands? Are we more paranoid now because there's so many other sources of information? Every time someone gives you something to sign, every time you go to a ballpark, do you by chance read the back of your ticket? Coca's whispering and he's totally right. It's a perfect way to say it. Coca's view is that we have too much access to misinformation. Thank you, Coca. You're right. Some people would argue having access is everything. Access above all. I don't actually agree with that. I actually think that information above all, but misinformation is the single greatest thing that takes down civilization. Worse than economic disparity. Worse than discrimination. Purposeful misinformation takes down more civilizations than anything else. So, in baseball, they're talking about having the players sign an assumption of risk legal document. By playing baseball, they are agreeing. They are assuming the risk of COVID-19. The players said, no way. We're not going to sign away our rights. We have the right to sue you if we get sick. Well, no, you don't. Came out this week and, because it's nothing personal, we do work weekends, even if you don't hear our voice. We're doing stuff. Ohio State, the Ohio State University. I like that. When, uh, when the football players, when it, the NFL, I love when teams are introduced and the players get to say who they are and they all say their colleges. I keep waiting for the Badgers. University of Wisconsin. So it's John Smith, the Ohio State University, and they do these signs with their fingers. They put their fingers together and their in their their finger thumbs together, pointers up like a field goal post, or they do a face covering, a hand covering, or some sort of sign, or they do an O for the big O if it's Oscar Robertson, whatever they're doing. The Ohio State, it went public today, is making their players, football players, sign what was reported as waivers. People went crazy. You're making students sign waivers. They're not reading it. You can't tell a student to sign a waiver. That's like saying that that student's an employee. That means that student is an employee. Talk about confirmation bias in your arguments. When you believe that student athletes are employees and you want them to get paid, you look for any little tidbit of information to then buttress your argument that these student athletes are actually employees and deserve to be paid. Mad rush of students coming to Florida. Because Florida, our governor passed a NIL, name, image, likeness bill, starting July of 2021 this weekend, saying, come on, everybody, come to Florida. We'll pay you. Well, if that governor had any idea about the University of Miami, the University of Florida, players have always gotten paid. I'm only half kidding. Am I? Maybe I'm not. 
I don't think I am. <laughs> anyway, so Ohio State, players come back. They get this waiver to sign. People get on Twitter. You cannot make players sign the waiver. Then Ohio State responds saying, listen, it wasn't a waiver. It was a pledge. <laughs> it's like Jerry Maguire. It was just a mission statement. It was nothing. By the way, Coke, I think my camera has been moved. I feel like I'm off center a little bit. I don't know if I'm sitting differently, but it just looks different. Normally, my head is in Secretariat's jowls, and now I feel like I'm more toward Babe Ruth. Maybe I got to get more toward Gretzky. Yeah. Anyway, so it was actually a pledge that Ohio State had its players sign. We do that all the time. We have team rules every spring training. We hand out a set of team rules that we will be on time. We will not do drugs in the clubhouse, that we'll dress nicely on the road with slacks and a collared shirt. We'll adhere to curfew on the road. We'll listen to our coaches. We'll learn the signs and we'll play nicely together. And then you sign it. Every player has to sign it and hand it in. The traveling secretary, poor guy, has to go around to get the players to do it. We hand it out in Spanish, hand it out in English, wait for it to come back. It's not a legal document. We can't go to a player and say, hey, you were 10 minutes late. You signed this. We're docking your pay. No. College is the same. When you sign a pledge, these Ohio State players were pledging to be responsible during COVID-19. They were pledging that they will get a flu vaccination. They were pledging that they will socially distance. They were pledging to take care of themselves and be healthy and safe. Or it was told to them. You may be kicked out of Ohio State Athletics. And then the best part, of course, open parentheses. But you won't lose your scholarship. Close parentheses. It's much ado about nothing, William. It's fine for these colleges to have their athletes sign these pledges. It's great. Has anyone been out and about? Is anyone paying attention to the reality that it's not that we have to wait till November for a second wave? It's happening now. It's the first wave continued. More cases every day, not just because there's more testing. The positive rate keeps going up too. I think there's 25 states where cases are rising. New York may be the safest place now. Forget the Arizona bubble. Maybe we ought to do a bubble in Central Park. People should be responsible. It's bothering me. I don't blame Ohio State University. I don't blame the players. I don't blame the administration. You got to sign a piece of paper. Tell me that you read it. Small issue. We'll keep it between us here on Nothing Personal. When you're given those forms, like when you're skydiving or when you're flying or every time you're online and you have to click terms of agreement and you just click it, it says print waiver and you're like, print waiver. I want to save the trees. That's not why you're not printing the waiver. You're not printing the waiver because you're not reading the waiver. And in that waiver, it's saying that you are basically giving up every single legal right you could possibly possess and more. The Ohio State players were not giving up anything except the ability to keep away from a sore right arm after a flu vaccination. So you want to talk to Samson? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. This is a good one. Thank you. 
Say you want to talk to Samson, follow me at David P. Samson on Twitter. D-A-V-I-D-P. Are you typing it now? If you don't follow me and you're listening to this, go on to Twitter or if you have Instagram, both, one, both. It's great. Not TikTok. Although I may do a TikTok video when we shave these beards, Coca. I think that'd be a fun TikTok video. Maybe that'll be our entry into TikTok. Coca's saying no. He just resigned. Hello, Coca. Coca, I'm kidding. What do I do? Do I edit? Do I? Hello? How? I can't release the show without you. Matt? Matt? Matt. All right. We will not do TikTok. How about Tatch? We'll do that instead. We'll do a Tatch TV show. Twitch. It's Twitch, of course. (laughs) Yes. David P. Sampson, D-A-V-I-D-P-S-A-M-S-O-N. At. So you want to talk to Samson's when he asks me a question, I'll get to it. Maybe, maybe not. I'll read it. Maybe, maybe not. I'll try to read as many as I can, answer as many as I can. This was a good one because it's current. Can you discuss whether the news this weekend, Ray the Yankees, means that they are as guilty as the Astros and the Red Sox? The second I read it, you had me at can you discuss? Who knows this story? Raise hands. I don't know why you should raise your hand. You could be working out. You could be driving. You could be watching. I can't see you. I'm literally talking to a studio audience of zero. Hello? Do you want to hear this? Do you want to know what's going on with the Yankees? Did you see this weekend? There's a whole legal battle. Do you remember a few weeks back on Nothing Personal, we talked about a lawsuit, people suing these fantasy Sites like DraftKings and FanDuel saying by the Astros stealing signs, we lost money because we, what, what, what was the exact phrase? I think it was, how could we know if they're stealing signs, we could never have had a pitcher throwing against the Astros because we were going to lose because the pitcher was going to give up so many runs. Or we never knew that they were stealing signs. So if we had, we never would have bet against the Astros in general. That lawsuit, dead on arrival. So the lawsuit ends. The people lose. DraftKings wins the lawsuit. Part of that lawsuit was discovery, and we talked about nothing personal. Discovery is when, as part of a lawsuit, we talked about it with the grievance that could take place with baseball owners and players. Discovery is when there's an exchange of information. You show me yours, I'll show you mine. And remember, you're not allowed to shred anything. You can't delete emails because we'll find them. That was a Wedding Crashers reference, Coco. Did you get that? Isla Fisher. I will find you. By the way, that is this generation's Glenn Close bunny rabbit. The boiling bunny. So... In this course of discovery, there was a letter written by Rob Manford to Brian Cashman. Dear Brian, so you please, this last warning, love Rob. That's how the letter reads. When it's redacted. But there are people who want to see the entire letter because that entire letter will show potentially that the New York Yankees 
were guilty in 2017 the same way the Astros were. They may not have been using trash cans. They may not have used a center field camera, wink, wink, or a monitor in the dugout, double wink, double wink. Were they using their video room just like the Red Sox? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We told you all the teams were doing it. The Astros just got caught, so did the Red Sox. And we told you that it was strange that all these players were coming out with such anger toward the Astros. Aaron Judge finished second in the MVP in 2017. Came out after the Houston Astros were caught. And he was very upset because he could have won the MVP. People were upset because that could have stopped him from making more money in arbitration. Yada, yada, yada. We said a nothing personal. Eh, Be careful. We're pretty sure the Yankees are stealing signs too. Now, I grant you, when Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge or any player, when they whiff on a two-strike slider that's down and away and they're looking fastball and they don't look good on the swing, you'd say to yourself, well, obviously they're not stealing signs. You know better than that as listeners and viewers of Nothing Personal. Stealing signs doesn't make it perfect. You don't bat a thousand. But Aaron Judge is in a glass house. His organization is in a glass house. So what happened this weekend? The Yankees have officially filed an appeal to the court saying the letter from Rod Manford to Brian Cashman should not be disclosed. We may not allow this letter to be disclosed because we can't let anyone see what's in between the so and the yours truly or the dear Brian and the love Rob. They had an attorney. I tweeted this weekend. The Yankees doth think protesteth too much, methinks. I just butchered the quote. It's a Shakespeare quote. Check my Twitter if you want to see it. But I, it used to be people, but I put the Yankees in. Do you get it? I said the Yankees are protesting. Do you get that? The Yankees are making this huge deal. They have a whole thing that there's no justification for public disclosure of the letter because the plaintiff doesn't have a case. The court held that Major League Baseball wrote in confidence this letter to Brian Cashman and that that letter was irrelevant to the court's dismissal of the plaintiff's case. Therefore, under established law, the Yankees have a right to confidentiality. And this letter will never see the light of day. I wonder why the Yankees are hiding that letter. wonder what it could say. I wonder if there's another way to get that letter to go public. I wonder whether that letter says nothing at all, which is what Yankee fans are saying and hoping. We didn't cheat. We didn't steal signs. We're the Yankees. And do you think the Yankees were just saying this because their lawyer said, you know what, we've got a major legal principle here, and we are being counted on by people across the world. We need to establish the principle that there is no justification for public disclosure of certain documents in a case that has been dismissed. No, that's not how it works. The Yankees aren't doing that. The Yankees are trying to hide this letter from being disclosed because they know the letter is not very complimentary. It is not, dear Brian, we love you, love Rob. It is not, dear Brian, we've done an investigation and we know you've done nothing wrong, love Rob. It's, dear Brian, we have a pretty good feeling that you're doing a lot of stuff that's not great, so you better stop now or you're going to get in serious trouble, love Rob. I think we'll see that letter one of these days. Right after the break, we're going to be talking about honey. And boys. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back. You thought we were going to be talking about honey and boys, but guess what? We're talking about Honey Boy, the movie. I watched it. It is a shy LaBeouf movie that he wrote he plays his own father in this biographical movie. There is a young man who plays Shia LaBeouf as a child. It is the most emotional, disturbing, distracting, distressful, stressful, sad, angering movie I've seen in a long time. Shia LaBeouf is an amazing actor. Playing your own father who was a Bad father, to say the least. Abusive, to say the most. Horrible. Taking care of his son, who was trying to be an actor. Shia LaBeouf was a child actor. You wonder why Shia LaBeouf became who Shia LaBeouf is and why he had drinking problems, drug problems, why he's got anger issues. Check out how he grew up. Honey Boy tells the story about his father and him and their relationship. It is brutal. It is necessary to watch. It's called Honey Boy, not because of Honey and Boys, because his dad would say things that were so, it made Shia, is it Shia or Shia? Shy? I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I get it wrong. Shy. So, and, oh, Shia. Thank you. Coca said Shy and then it was quiet, so I thought it was Shy. Shia. The father would say things to him that were just abusive. And then he would end it with, you got me, honey boy? As though that was a term of endearment. I don't know if Shia has made peace with his dad. He hadn't spoken to him in seven years until Shia started working on this film. It's a film that not many people have seen because of Shia's reputation. I gave it a shot. Two movies this year I've watched with him and I've loved both. Peanut Butter Falcon and now Honey Boy. Please check it out. ML Beard Challenge. Today is day 92. We're heading toward 100. We're giving away $1,000 a day. 
We don't stop on weekends. Saturday was day 90, Sunday, day 91. Monday was day 92. The theme of the beard challenge is that we're not going to shave our beard until Major League Baseball is opening day. And for the first 100 days, we're given $1,000 a day to worthy organizations, the first 77 of which were to organizations helping people impacted by COVID. The last 23 involve more social justice issues, racial inequality, systemic racism. This weekend was about voting. On Saturday, $1,000 went to Fair Fight 2020. Fair Fight 2020 is building voter protection teams in order to protect people's right to vote. It's called Fair Fight 2020. Voter suppression can threaten our ability to freely elect leaders. If we start early and work together, we will ensure that every American voter's voice is heard and that Democrats up and down the ballot will win. But you know what? I'm not here to tell you to vote Democrat. I'm not here to tell you to vote Republican. I'm here to tell you to vote. Fair fight 2020. Everyone who has a right to vote should be able to vote. On Saturday, we chose Rock the Vote. If you don't know what Rock the Vote is, you didn't watch MTV when it first started with video Kill the Radio Star. Rock the Vote is a nonprofit progressive aligned organization in the U.S. whose stated mission is to engage and build the political power of young people. It was founded in 1990 by Virgin Records America co-chairman Jeff Ayeroff, and it encourages young people to vote. Now you got to be 18, of course. But do you know how many people 18 to 24 don't vote? Do you know when you have the right to vote, it should be the most exciting day of your life, better than getting your driver's license? The ability to vote is the number one most important right that people have fought for. Voting is freedom. Give money to rock the vote and get young people in your life to vote. Today is day 92, $1,000 to spread the vote. Spread the vote. They work every day to ensure that people have what they need to vote. Do you know 77% of the people that they work with have never voted before? And 100% of the people who work with spread the vote cannot vote without the help of spread the vote. This stat blew my mind. In the 2018 midterm elections, about 117 million eligible voters didn't vote. 117 million eligible voters. Explain that to me. Is that because we don't make it accessible? These organizations change it. Is that because we don't make it so you're informed about who you're voting for? These organizations help that change. Please do your part. Donate, whether it's 19, 190, a dollar a day whether it's getting people to vote, whether it's double tipping your Uber driver, whatever the case is, we can fix every problem. We can get every sport playing again in Orlando, around the country, in Vegas. It doesn't matter. Sports is entertainment. Voting is life. And when it comes to sports, we've learned a lot this weekend. And you know that it's just business. But when it comes to voting, don't ever say that it's nothing personal.